What's going on, ghosties? Welcome back to Tales of Spooky Coffee House. If you're new here, welcome to the show. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Veronica. And we're your hosts. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing our haunted location, the Veronica Motel. Oh, sorry. I mean, the Clown Motel. <laughs> wow. Fucking <laughs> haters. And serial killer of the week, Carla Homolka. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did good. Okay. It's not even my serial killer. <laughs> yeah, you did great. <laughs> I just, I'm telling you, like, it sounds weird to me. I don't know why, okay? I'm so... going to butcher this name. I'm going to butcher this name. <laughs> And to end the podcast, we're going to have a tarot card reading and a special tarot card reading. So, yes. How you doing? What you drinking? Um, I'm drinking water because it's currently, as we're recording, 7.46 p.m. And I need sleep. I'm Bro. I'm okay. I, you listen, you're different. Bodies fucking take caffeine different. Caffeine. Caffeine? <laughs> Bodies take caffeine different. <laughs> Um, I'm still under the weather. Again, if you know, you know. If you don't, don't worry about it. I'll be okay. But I'm seeing a doctor next week, so hopefully I can get fixed up. But yeah, that's just that's just my life. How are you? What are you drinking? I'm good. I'm drinking pumpkin spice coffee to end my day of carving pumpkins for five hours with kids. So five hours with yeah. children? Awesome. Yeah. I have pumpkin spice cookies from Trader Joe's. Yeah, so we actually um, we actually made some tonight. We had mostly orange pumpkins, but my niece got a yellow one. And so I kept it separate so she could cook that one on her own. Mm-hmm. And she made pumpkin cookies and pumpkin um, breakfast cupcakes, or I guess muffins. Mm. And we all think they're great. Except for John, who took one bite and literally spit it out. And the look on his face was priceless. <laughs> How rude. Well, what was he expecting? Apparently not a healthy snack. That's not what he was expecting. Wow. He was expecting the sugar. Yeah. And we didn't put much sugar in it. Like, it's... She's going to eat them for breakfast. She doesn't need a sugar rush in, that, in the morning. I'll send John my cookies. Because my co- I bought these cookies like a, two, three weeks ago. And it's still practically full because, the co- believe it or not, people, I do not have a sweet tooth, tooth, sweet tooth. And I, I can't, I can't eat these. Co- I literally eat one cookie, like, either once every other day. <laughs> like, it's just so hard for me to eat because it's just too sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they taste great. But, um, so yeah, we did that. And then the rest of the pumpkin, I haven't parade it yet, so it's sitting in the fridge because I was like, I'm over it. And mm. then we had to record and I was already late, so I'll finish tomorrow. Yeah, you're an hour and 42 minutes late. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give you guys an idea that my mom loves to make with the pumpkins. And if you guys want to try it, go for it. So what she does is she like... I guess she steams the pumpkin. Is that the right way to say it? Like boiling yeah. it or steaming it? Yeah. So she does yeah. that. And then you you take the skin off for this. Well, you, I guess you don't have to. But we, we take the skin off and we mush it. We add milk and we add honey. Hmm. It, it may sound a little weird, but don't knock it till you try it. It's fucking bomb. It's a nice, sweet little, like, snack, or you can even just eat it as a meal, because it'll fill you up. It's got milk, and it's pumpkin. Like, that's a... Is pumpkin a vegetable or a fruit? I'm pretty sure it's a vegetable. Because fruits have seeds, right? Pumpkins have seeds. Yeah, that's why. Anyways, it don't matter. <laughs> it's like tomatoes, right? Tomatoes yeah, are like... Yeah, tomato, tomato. Yeah. But yeah, try that out. But speaking of sweets, dude, Ghosties, if you remember last week, we were talking about the fentanyl crisis. And how we were going to bring it up again. Yes. And it's crazy because just in this past week, I came across two news headlines from California that involve the fentanyl crisis that I wanted to share with you. So one, someone tried sneaking in fentanyl through LAX using candy containers. So it's very, 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 very important that you guys check your kids' candies this Halloween. It's always been a thing, but like, I think we can all agree that this year it's, it's, really it's a little bit 
it's really bad and also um more sad news to add to that fentanyl crisis a two-year-old overdosed on fentanyl and the parents were arrested and this took place in northern california so the first incident lax los angeles airport and the second one in northern california just within this past week i think i think these two headlines were like a day apart honestly wow that reminds me of last year here i believe it was here in fort wayne i know it was in northern indiana but i think it was fort wayne where a one-year-old overdosed on fentanyl and it took until this year i think it was in june or july it was one of the j months for the mother to be charged for the homicide wow wow yeah and in as of last year the leading cause of death in northeastern indiana is fentanyl overdose well do you that was last year you said i don't know if that was i don't know if that was just last year's statistic or if that's like the statistic as of like this decade or or something yeah but also there was a couple I don't know if it was Fort Wayne, but I know it was Allen County, which is where Fort Wayne is, which is right next to us. A couple was arrested. They had enough fentanyl to kill thousands of people in their house. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. What is wrong with these people, man? Like, what is... I don't know. Like, I I truly want to know, and this is, like, making me want to go back to, like, my psychology classes and shit. But, like, I truly want to know and understand, like, why these drugs dealers are mixing fentanyl with these other pills or like making them seem like they're other painkillers for example knowing that they have fentanyl in it knowing that most likely people will die like that's not a drug dealer's mindset that's like a murderer's a psychopath's mindset what makes me mad is last year in 2001 there was almost 10 million pounds excuse me what you said last year in 2001. Dude, <laughs> what year <laughs> Holy shit. Um, last year in 2021, there was over, I believe, 10 million pounds of fentanyl confiscated like na- like nationwide. And I don't like we're we're going to talk of politics just for just for a second. Mm-hmm. I don't like my senators for my state, okay? Mm-hmm. I I have my reasons and it has to do with they're they're republicans i don't have a problem with republicans but they're very they don't really fight for women's rights like at all mm-hmm. and that really makes me mad because they're all set like on their own thing like they can care less they're not trying to to make things better in the state they're just trying to you know better themselves mm-hmm. but one of my senators i've actually been supporting him in one of his causes and that's trying to get the biden administration to take the fentanyl crisis seriously Mm-hmm. and stop it at its core when it's coming order he's trying to make it a national crisis so that way it gets attention so that way they'll stop it from its source the biden administration has been completely ignoring it and saying it's not a national crisis i was gonna say i have 10 million really pounds heard... yeah that's wild like how is that not a crisis 10 million fucking pounds of this drug was taken last year and that's not a crisis yeah you have babies overdosing on this shit because of their parents. How is this not a crisis? Yeah. And teen. Teen after teen. That's all we hear out here on the news. Yeah. yeah this teen in this LA high school. This teen in this fucking California high school. And like, well, not even high school. Like, it, it even goes down to, like, middle school, dude. Yeah. There's I so didn't many even places. know what drugs were in middle school. Yeah. Well, uh, well I did. There are so <laughs> many places that... <laughs> There are so many places out here, though, that have already canceled Halloween and trick-or-treating because of this issue. Yeah. Like, if like I was my... a mom and I had kids, like, if I was in your position, oh, my God, I, w- I would just buy my kids candies. Like, let's go get dressed up. We'll go to spooky places and have fun, but we're not trick-or-treating. Like, I'll just and buy see, you candy. That's the best thing, though, about the town that I'm in is they're very aware and conscious of the issue most of the candy in my town for trick-or-treating is coming from our local church mm. and you know me i'm not religious at all but the local <laughs> the local church um i know a lot of the people there and they're super friendly they're always helping people they respect the fact that i don't 
practice their religion, but they helped me out anyways. Mm-hmm. So I've been helping them out and they were like, yeah, we're, we're giving everybody candy. Like we're checking everything, getting stuff only from the store. Like nothing is donated this year because they're, everybody's so terrified of the issue. And they're like, the kids need to have normalcy. And they're like, they can't live in fear. And I was like, oh, you guys are so sweet. The fucking trauma <laughs> that these children are like, I mean, like us as adults, we we know what trauma is. We understand trauma in a way. But like these children, these kids that are like four, five, six, seven, like, you know, going through COVID, going through yeah. shutdown, not being able to go to school, not being able to hang out with their friends and do social activities. And mm-hmm. now like, you can't fucking trick or treat like you know what i mean like good for yeah. them to try to give them some kind of normalcy but i mean the trauma that these kids i i i don't know how they're gonna end up like when they're older like i'm really curious to find out that's why i'm really glad that izzy wasn't in school when covid hit because she didn't experience that same thing that older kids did yeah but also do you remember when we were younger like the worst thing that we had to worry about with trick-or-treating was not to get a razor blade in our candy yeah like that that wasn't that bad yeah right like that was the worst thing about trick-or-treating like you had to check for razor blades (laughs) but it was so much easier because all you had to do was like squeeze the chocolate oh no razor blade and i'm so stupid i'm like yeah that wasn't that bad (laughs) (laughs) but like that goes to show like comparing what we had to go through to what these kids like have to worry about yeah i really don't even think it was that big of a deal wasn't it only like not even a not only like a few hundred kids right over like a decade or two decades i honestly i don't know I, i've only gone trick-or-treating once in my life um so wah, that's, wah, right. Wah. that's right that's right but from what i heard <laughs> uh yeah it was a thing for for a few years i actually want to check that out now okay so in 2019 two ohio residents found razor blades in their candy that's it that's it um razor there's a thing that says razor blades and halloween candy the history of the myth that never happened what hold on i'm clicking on it. it says no child has ever been killed by eating halloween candy from a stranger the razor blade myth occurred in 1968 when a seven-year-old was given candy apple with a razor blade hidden inside that's why 1968 that was like so long ago that totally does not support what we were our argument i swear it happened guys less than a hundred cases of candy tampering occurred in the 20th century well 90 inst- 90 instances between 1958 and 1983 which you know what those were wild times <laughs> yeah yeah totally so anyways let's let's move on <laughs> So I want to move on from the fentanyl crisis to something more happier, more on a lighter note. So four bodies with their limbs chopped off were found in a river in (laughs) Oklahoma. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) On a lighter note, she says, four bodies with their limbs chopped off. Uh, The four men had vanished the week prior after leaving one of the men's homes on bikes around 9 p.m. Police say the men were planning to commit a crime when they left on bicycles. All four men were shot and found in a river outside of a city of 11,000 people just south of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Police say the fact that they were dumped in water makes things much more difficult to identify evidence. Police are looking for a missing person who is not a suspect, but is just someone they want to talk to. Police also say that that person could be suicidal. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I got a question. I yes. need I need clarity. So the four men, the four bodies that were found... Mm-hmm. The men were going to commit a crime. Is that right? Yeah. How do they know that? I don't know. Okay. It, it doesn't matter how they know that, but that is the definition of fuck around and find out. Damn. <laughs> do for real. <laughs> they messed with the wrong person. <laughs> they really did. They didn't even make it. They all got shot on the head and their limbs were chopped off. Brother, like, what? I remember I watched this. It was on TikTok. And I'll send you the, the the TikToker that, you know, did this whole article thingy. But, like, I was listening to it, and I was like, this could not be real. Like, this is so fucking, like, cartelish. 
It really is. But anyways, I just wanted to get us in a lighter mood. <laughs> so now to get... Welcome to, welcome to our podcast where a lighter mood is talking about dismembered bodies. Yes, if you're new here, I'm so sorry. I was joking. Welcome to our podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> so here's a fun question for everyone, for the ghosties and for you, Chelsea. Uh, comfort food and dessert. I think my comfort food is Neapolitan ice cream. Isn't that and... dessert? Yeah, but it's like... No, like there's des- no fucking cheating. Don't fucking pick two no, desserts. I'm not. I... <laughs> I'm sorry that my comfort food is dessert. I can't help that. But my favorite dessert is I make this really amazing from scratch caramel apple cheesecake. And why haven't I ever tasted this? Um, because I didn't start making it until after I moved out here and you haven't asked for it. What the? F- you never told me about it. What is up with? What is wrong with you? Keeping um, secrets from me? This is not okay. I honestly, Veronica, it would be easier to tell you what's not wrong with me than to tell you what's wrong with me. Are you sure? Yeah. Because you're pretty open with the things that are wrong with you. I'm just saying. That's why I said, like, it would be easier to tell you what's not wrong with me because the list would be shorter. Yeah. Yeah. One page for sure. For sure. Oh, probably like half a page. Well, my comfort food is chicken alfredo with broccoli. Um, oh my God, that sounds so good. I've been craving it so bad. Dude. I'm craving so it now too. Bad. And my is my dumb my favorite dessert that's a hard one because sometimes i'll really crave chocolate and i wouldn't mind like a fucking chocolate like slice of chocolate cake or like do you know those chocolate cakey desserts you get at a restaurant Mm, yeah but you know what i tried this really good i shouldn't even bring it up because i don't know the name of it when i went to hell's kitchen in vegas they have this dessert oh my god that shit was bomb bro and their mac and cheese can i adjust my answer just a little bit yeah. If I was still living in California, my comfort food would be Monrovia Pizza Company. Bro, they're fucking chicken Alfredo. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, I'll eat anything. Guess how from much there, it is. Bro. Guess how much it is. I don't want For just a chicken know. Alfredo. I don't want to know. Are you sure? Tell me. $16. Oh my God. $16 for chicken Alfredo. I think that's just the Alfredo, but you add chicken and it's more. Dude, out here, I could literally get all you can eat buffet for that much yeah well you know welcome to california (laughs) um okay my next question for you because i have a funny story when was the last time you got spooked out like you just had a little jump scare a little oh my god um actually last night really do tell (laughs) so john and i have been watching this new tv show on netflix called the midnight club Mm -hmm. if you haven't watched it go watch it it is really good and it was late we were getting ready for bed and I was watching but I was like trying not to fall asleep while watching you know so you kind of like were in and out Mm. and at the very at the very end of the episode like I wasn't (laughs) expecting it (laughs) I was not expecting it I was cuddled I was comfortable I was getting ready to fall asleep I knew the episode was about to end and then all of a sudden here comes the scary old lady just pops out of nowhere and I literally <laughs> half asleep, <laughs> half asleep, dude. I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I woke John out of his sleep because he fell asleep. I woke him up and he's like, what? I was like, God damn it. I was like, I think I'm done for the night. <laughs> I think I'm done, man. <laughs> but I That's literally funny. watched, I literally watched because there's only 10 episodes of the season. And I literally watched seven episodes of it without flinching. And then all of a sudden, I'm I think asleep. it was because you were half asleep, you yeah. know? Yeah. He was laughing his ass off at me. I was like, shut up. Dude, I started fucking smiling as soon as you started telling your story. Like, this is funny. <laughs> um, so for me, this happened like a couple nights ago, I think. Everything was off in my room. And I was laying in bed. And ghosties, don't come for me. I know y'all bitches do this too. I was like, kind of like daydreaming. Uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have asked this question. Um, 
I was daydreaming myself being part of like a ghost hunt type thing with Sam and Kobe just because I've been watching them a lot because they have like Hell Week going on on YouTube. Shut the fuck up. They have <laughs> no, Hell the Week, way so- that the way that you were like, maybe I shouldn't have told this story. And then you're like, I was daydreaming about ghost hunting. That is not what I thought your answer was going to be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I was, like, picturing myself ghost hunting with Sam and Kobe just because I've been watching them a lot. And so, like, I'm, like, th- like I'm putting myself in, like, spooky situations in my head or whatever. And then, but mind you, I'm already, like, I'm trying to fall asleep. So I'm, like, falling asleep thinking about this. And then out of nowhere, I hear, like, a loud knock in my room or, like, on the wall. Bro, I jumped. And I, I was, like man and i started laughing like i'm so stupid like what the fu-? like i actually scared myself like i freaked myself out anyways but i did uh, that while we were recording once do you remember when you were hearing shit i didn't hear shit i was talking to you and i looked over and i looked in the mirror or not the mirror <laughs> the window and i saw my reflection <laughs> i forgot my windows my blinds were open <laughs> oh my god (laughs) when i just saw a face looking at me i was like oh shit glad you said it not me (laughs) my mirror is right next to me too but i've never scared myself i always look and i'm like what's up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I usually have my blinds closed though while we record and i forgot to do it that night and yeah (laughs) i cannot with you (laughs) welcome to our podcast Also, can I give a random shout out really quick? Yeah. Hi, Taylor. I love you. Hope you're having a good day. Love you too. Drive safely. Okay. I have a question for you. What do you want? (laughs) Have you ever consumed so much alcohol that you passed out? No. (laughs) No. I have not. You're you're such a goody two shoes. No, I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten fucked up. Like, dude, okay. I was that kid, not kid. I don't want to say kid. I was that teenager. I was that. (laughs) i was that person before i turned 21 i was that person that would like i would have kickbacks at my house right and Uh, yes it uh i definitely remember your quinceanera oh that's just a whole different story i remember chugging a modelo (laughs) in my room dude i was like (laughs) and um so okay I used to drink four locos. Like, I used to chug them, though. I didn't drink them. I chugged them. And I think the most I did was, like, one and a half. Because one four loco, one tall can, was enough. And that shit fucking got me fucked up. But also, like, the hangover after a four loco, it ain't it. It ain't it. I've never had a four loco since. I can't even drink Mike's Hard Lemonade. For a long time, and I'm saying like years, I could not drink regular lemonade just because it reminded me so much of Mike's Hard Lemonade. But no, I've never consumed so much alcohol that I passed out. I'm assuming you have. Um, Technically, like one and a half times. Uh, explain the half one. <laughs> so like a couple of months ago, it might have been a year now, I went to the club with my friends. Not, not to the club, just to the bar. We just went to the bar. And... I blacked out for like half an hour and Mm. when I woke up like the last thing I remember my friends were were getting me drinks at night and I had like four or five trash cans that's that's what they're called that's what the drinks are called and all I remember is this girl just like made friends with us and she was with a bunch of other people and they they joined us and they bought us shots they're like, you guys are so cool. Like, we we really appreciate you. Here's shots. Well, three shots later, I don't remember what happened after that. Week. <laughs> I had <laughs> had a lot, okay. And I remember that we went to the dance floor after the third shot. And then they they told me what happened after that. But when I woke up, I was in the car. Apparently I had fallen asleep. Asko, see, this is why I don't black out. Because I've heard some people's, like, blackout stories, and no, that shit's scary. (laughs) This is my half one, though. But So it was only, like, half an hour, and I passed out in the car, and then when I woke up, like, a bunch of drama was going on. I was like, what's going on? I don't know what's happening. Uh, It's not a night out if there's no drama. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, the first time that I blacked out for, like, the whole night, I woke up with no pants on, and we're gonna leave it at that. All right. (laughs) Period. 
That was my first and my last college party. You know, I never partied in college. I was in high school. Oh, yeah, I did my school, <laughs> dude. I mean, yeah. no, I didn't. I mean, yeah, I don't know on. what you're talking about. Yeah, so my next question for you is what music instrument has the most annoying sound to you? Like your uh, personal. Your mouth. Oh, you're saying I'm a musical instrument? There's oh, a compliment in there. Horrible one. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question because I'm a musical person and I love music. I know. Um, I know. I knew it was going to be challenging. I knew it was going to be challenging. Um, I guess the the one, I don't know. I feel like the the one, like the, <laughs> the thing with the thing, you know, and you hold it in each hand and you go, blah, you know? <laughs> um, the thing that the monkeys hold. Yo, there's a balloon <laughs> deflating somewhere. <laughs> Yo. Uh. So Chelsea just Googled it. It's symbols. But I think that one is the most annoying to me. The triangle is the most annoying for me. Oh, the triangle's cute, though. It, I don't know. It's got a tone that I just, I can't fucking <laughs> Bitch, you have a fucking tone. <laughs> All right. But no, every time, like, somebody hits the triangle, like... It's, I don't know, it's like a weird tick because every time I hear it, my fist automatically like punches out. Mm. And I've, I don't know, it's just really weird. It pisses me off. Also, I don't know if it's because I've been more sober recently, but I've been cussing a lot this episode. I apologize and I will try to get my self together. Okay. Because this is not me. <laughs> yes, it is. It's sober you. Shut the fuck up. Anyways, you want to get us into the haunted location of the week? Fuck yeah, I do. All right, go <laughs> So. That lasted two seconds. Um, this week, I am talking about the Clown Motel. I'm so excited because Chelsea loves clowns. And I'm actually going to the Clown Motel, hopefully December, January, with my dear friend, Z. Z, I told you I don't want you to listen to this segment, so please skip through, because I don't need you to chicken out, okay? Because while I was doing my research, I kind of want to chicken out. (laughs) Just because I'm like, my brain just started thinking, okay, so... I did my research at night, so then, obviously, like, I feel like I could speak for many of us. I overthink mostly at night, right? So at night, I'm like, oh, we're never going to go ghost hunting ever again. That shit's so scary. Why would someone do that? And then during the day, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go ghost hunting. So Um, basically, during the day, you're the cliche white girl in every horror movie. And at night... No, because you know what? I'm a (laughs) down-ass fool, okay? I've actually done ghost hunting at night. So I know I'm capable of it. I know I love it. But for some reason, when I overthink about it, I'm like, oh my god. I'll tell you why I'm afraid or like what I was thinking about, like what I don't want to see when I go. That made me like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Okay. Anyways, the Clown Motel. The Clown Motel is located in Tonopah, 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 Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a butcher this name. And it's something, <laughs> and it is something out of Chelsea's nightmares. It was built in 1985. Do you see? Do you, do you like what I did there? It was built yeah. in 1985 by Leona and Leroy David in memory of their father, Clarence David, who is a clown lover and left a collection of 150 clowns in his home. The siblings decided to use them as a theme and focal point of their motel in memory of their father. The clown motel is also known as, and this this could be, I don't know, argumentative, uh, America's scariest motel. I don't know. Well, motel, okay, maybe. Hotel, definitely not. In 1995, Bob Perchetti bought the motel and operated it for 22 years until 2017 when he put the property up for sale for $900,000. Easy. Pocket money. Pocket change. (laughs) Two years later, the property was purchased by Vijay Mahar, who appointed his former art director family friend, Haim Anand, as CEO, who gave a new facelift to the motel and increased the collection from 600 clown statues to over 2,000 pieces of clown memorabilia. Chelsea, can you imagine being in a motel with over 2,000 clowns? Nope. (laughs) Uh, 2001, including you. 
The Tonopah Cemetery uh, is only a few feet away from the Clown Motel and is most likely the source of the paranormal activity that people have experienced at the motel. The famous cemetery next door to the Clown Motel was founded in 1901, but was closed just 10 years later. This actually reminds me of the um, cemetery by Tombstone, Arizona, which... It's not, I don't think it's something I'm going to talk about this season. I would love to talk about it next season. So yeah. Uh, among those buried are the victims of the 1905 Tonopah Plague, was started as chest pains led to death within a number of hours, and dissections carried out to understand the horrific disease found that the livers of the victims were completely black and hard like stone. Ill. The cause of the disease was accepted to be pneumonia caused by poor sanitation. Sheriff Thomas Logan, who was shot while trying to save others in a local brothel, is also buried at the cemetery. Among others, there's also George Devil Davis, the first African-American man in Tonopah. He was murdered by his wife, who shot him in the back, although served a prison sentence of only one year due to the extensive abuse he'd inflicted upon her. In the early hours of February 23rd, a fire was identified deep in the Belmont mine. Newspapers of that day reported it had started at the 1,166-foot level. William F. Big Bill Murphy was among the men who volunteered to go down and load up the miners. Down he went, returning to the surface with a cage of rescued men. For a second time, he went into the now smoke-filled pit to rescue his colleagues. Despite the fumes, he was determined to go down for a third time, but it took a little longer for the cage to return to the surface. Eventually, the cage emerged full of weary men, but no Bill. One of the semi-conscious men said someone had fallen out of the cage on his ascent. Everyone knew it was Bill. His last known words before his final descent were, Well, boys, I've made two trips and I'm nearly all in. But I'll try again. That's so sad. In total, 17 men lost their lives that day, including 28-year-old Bill. Oh my gosh, he was 28. I can't. I'm about to be 28 in like two months. Whose grave in Tonopah Cemetery reads, Died while saving others. A monument to Bill stands outside Tonopah Post Office. There is also a mural depicting his funeral procession on the side of a Bar L Western store. Paranormal activity that has been captured includes a shadow man. Those are never good. Clowns moving on their own. Oh, you'd love that. Clear EVPs, footsteps knocking, voices coming from empty rooms, and guests have also stated that they hear scratches on the wall. Clowns are already bad enough, but they're just adding fuel to the fire. Yeah. So the reason why I'm like getting a little nervous about staying here and I'm still going to do it. I really look forward to doing this. But I was like, okay, if the ghosts of these surrounding events that are buried in the cemetery that's right next to the motel is what's haunting the motel. What if I wake up and I see like someone standing there, but like it's like a burnt body or like, oh, God, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly exactly like that's what i'm scared of bro like asco like that's what i was kind of scared about that going to um tombstone with stephanie and we stayed in that haunted airbnb like fuck i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna find a bitch in my face but luckily i slept through the night because we had a lot of wine but anyways that is the clown motel ghosty fun and yes you could you could get a room there and stay there i'm i think i want to kind of uh vlog my experience when i go definitely maybe i'll do do that yeah so you guys see it doesn't even have to be it doesn't even have to be for the podcast just be for you like you and stuff like that would be oh my god i'm gonna become a fucking ghost hunter (laughs) say less (laughs) are the kids still saying that say less anyways (laughs) oh my god we just turned into our parents are the kids still saying that (laughs) that's cool my friend i have a friend well a questionable friend. Her name's Lysha. She doesn't listen to this podcast. I wish she did so she could hear me talking shit about her. She's 24, but oh my god, this bitch is annoying, dude. Straight up fucking Gen Z. She's like, oh my god, period. Oh my god, per. Oh my god. What is it? What do they say? Wow, fuck. What did she say? But do you know how we can tell that we're millennials? How? Like, oh, I don't like, oh, like, first I of don't... all, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude okay i don't know if you want to keep this but chelsea and i were having a conversation via messenger it was like voice 
message and i made the mistake of like hearing back what i sent you and sure enough like every <laughs> fucking other word like 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 and i was making fun of Do you, you for your accent funny? what's, what's funny? funny what when i teach you how to edit the podcast you're gonna have no idea how many times i remove like and um from our sentences wow well they will never know. They will never know how bad it is. You know what? It's Remember bad. when we did it's the no bad. edit? Remember when we did the no edit, no cut um episode? We should do another one like that, like a challenge. <laughs> but also, didn't we record that episode like I don't know. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to find that episode actually. That's kind of that's I don't know. I, I remember we had fun. We had fun with that. Do you we were remember both which like, episode it was? No, that's why I have to go back and find it. Before we jump into the serial killer of the week, I just got a notification. One of our authors, Sarah Penner, who wrote oh, the Lost Apothecary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that did a book talk Tuesday on the Lost Apothecary. We're still gonna do those. We've just been having some issues with uh, a, the the videos and stuff. So we're still gonna do them. We're just trying to like troubleshoot everything before we jump back in. Mm-hmm. But the Lost Apothecary has a second book coming out. For those of you that didn't know, and I wanted to share this with you, Veronica. It says, uh, "Here's ten things that you find in the London Seance Society." Okay. An abandoned chateau, a library of books, and All Hallows Eve soiree, girls kissing girls, not one, but two solved murders, mm. a love note meant to be found, Ooh. the seven stages of a, an ancient devil's incantation, parlors shrouded in black lace, Ooh, at the end, recipes. Yeah, you know what I just noticed? And I what? hate myself for this. I was trying to reread The Lost Apothecary because I absolutely love that book and I just want to reread it. And Z has all of my books. So I, I <laughs> went on the Libby app. I checked it out. And so I I think I, it was in the very beginning or at the very end because I had read it on the Libby app too. Whenever I read a book, I like having it on the app just because like whenever I don't have my book on me, I could just read it on the app or whatever. Yeah. don't remember if it was the beginning or the end, but it, I realized that she actually actually put the recipe for a lot of these poisons in that book i was like girl what what are you doing she's the new julia tofana yeah but she's good she's she because it's it's just a book she yeah she ain't doing totally fiction yeah totally fiction of course (laughs) that reminds me of my book (laughs) that you haven't fucking Um, finished no the one that i published oh okay anyways The serial killer of the week is Carla Homolka. So Carla was born on 4th, 1970 in Ontario, Canada. She, is this the first Canadian serial killer we've done? I think so. I think so. Sorry, Canada. (laughs) You listen to us, but we haven't done a segment on you. Well, now we are. They're just too nice. They're too nice. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you're that. So she was married to Paul Bernardo, who was her accomplice in the murders, or vice versa. They married in 1991. When it was all said and done, she was convicted of two counts of manslaughter in 1993, and her crimes took place between December 1990 and April 19, 1992. She was sentenced to 12 years in prison and was released in 2005. Together, the couple is known as the Barbie and Ken murderers. What? Yes. And I'm going to... If you haven't already, check out our Instagram because I'm going to post a picture of the two of them together, even though I'm only doing Carla's like side of things. But they really do look like Barbie and Ken. I'm going to have to check this post out. Well, I probably already have. But I'll send it point. to you before. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So victim number one was Tammy Homolka, and Tammy was Carla's younger sister. Paul became attracted to her in 1990, which <gasps> he did later confirm. In July of that same year, Carla stole Valium from her workplace, which was a veterinary clinic, and they drugged Tammy's dinner and allowed her husband to rape her younger sister for about a minute before she woke up. (gasps) Wait, the sister was involved in drugging her own sister? Yes. And allowed her to get raped by her husband? Yes. What the, what in the fuckery? Um, There was a quote saying that she was trying to keep the violence in the family um okay so nothing became of this incident and in december of the same year 
Carlos stole an animal tranquilizer from work and they drugged Tammy again. From what I read, it was not just Paul, but both of them that raped her while she was unconscious. What? She later died from choking on her own vomit and never regained consciousness before passing at the hospital. What the fuck? Her death was ruled an accident. No. What the f- How is that? Yes. When it went, wait, when, hold on. When was this? 1990. Nah, because they need to open that shit. They need to open that case again. Well, it was ruled an accident. They, that's not, her sister was not one of the, um, I don't know about Paul. Like I said, I didn't look into him. I only looked into Carla, but she was not charged with her sister's murder. Wow. So victim number two is Jane Doe. On July 7th, 1991, Carla invited a 15-year-old girl. She had been friends with this girl for over two years and videotaped them sexually assaulting her. She would not remember what happened, which led to Carla and Paul having the opportunity to invite her over again, where they proceeded to do the same thing. Only this time, Carla called 911 for help after Jane Doe vomited and stopped breathing. They were able to resuscitate her and... Since her name is not is still not released to the public, it's safe to assume that she did survive. Wait, <clears throat> sorry <laughs> for continuing to interrupt you. <laughs> so you're telling me that Carla and her boo uh, had this girl come over, did things to her. She didn't remember. Therefore, they took an opportunity to get her to come over again just to do the same shit all over again to her. And yes. But as soon as she stopped breathing, they were concerned for her for her well-being and called 911. Yes. Why? (laughs) All right, continue. Jane Doe would be the only victim to survive. But she wouldn't remember anything, huh? Um, I don't know. She wouldn't remember about the first time. It was Carla and Paul that told police about it. Hmm. But like I said, her name is still Jane Doe. Like, nobody knows who she is. So So the third victim was Leslie Mahaffey. On the morning of June 15th, 1991, Paul was stealing license plates in Burlington when he saw 14-year-old Leslie standing outside of her home. She had missed curfew after attending a funeral and was locked out. Paul claimed she asked him for a cigarette, which he claimed to have in his car. This gave him the opportunity to blindfold and kidnap her. Again, the couple videotaped themselves raping and torturing her. The videotape was shown in court where everyone could hear her begging them to stop with her hands bound by twine. Worried that she would identify them and turn them over to the police, the couple dismembered her body and encased each body part in a block of cement. (gasps) Paul kept the receipts, which were later used as evidence in court. One of the blocks, uh, which is said to have weighed about 200 pounds, was too heavy for them to throw into Lake Gibson, which is where all the other body parts are. And so it was left close to shore where it was found by a man and his son who were out fishing. Leslie's dental records were the only thing that could identify her body. And she was 14. She was 14. The fourth and last victim was Kristen French. Kristen was walking home from school on April 16, 1992, when Carla stopped her holding a map and claiming to be lost. While Kristen was helping her find her way on the map, Paul snuck up behind her with a knife. He forced her into the front seat of their car and Carla subdued her by pulling her hair from the back seat. Police were notified about her disappearance quickly when her parents called after she was 15 minutes late getting home. Despite the parents letting police know 15 minutes after her kidnapping or like when she was supposed to be home, Mm -hmm. they were not successful in finding her in time. Carla and Paul spent the entire Easter weekend videotaping themselves, torturing and raping Kristen. Each had a different story about why Kristen was killed. But her body was found on April 30th and she had been washed and her hair was cut off. It was originally believed that the hair was removed as a trophy, but Carla testified it was to impede identification. This is giving me, like, I don't know if you've come across these TikToks. It was like a trend where they're like, oh, an old lady is like asking for help in the parking lot because she can't like, I don't know, put away her own groceries or some shit. And then they're like, anything's like a sex trafficking tactic nowadays. Like, but like, yeah. you, you just can't trust everyone or anyone, dude. Yeah. This next part is about the publication ban and the plea bargain. So on July 5th, 1993, the Canadian Crown invoked a publication ban on anything to do with Carla and Paul's crimes. Many argued this decision, and while Canadians could not publish anything, that didn't stop the fucking Americans from doing it themselves. Hey. Because 
another country's ban does not apply to another, and Americans who published on this story made sure to specifically cite the First Amendment right. Mm-hmm. These publications became widely distributed and caused problems for the Canada and U.S. border where officers had to confiscate all extra videotapes, newspapers, and basically like any extra publications that were being brought in. So they were allowed like one because, you know, that's their property. They were only allowed to bring in one. They weren't allowed to bring in extra copies. The public was also banned from the court hearings of both Paul and Carla. So the controversy surrounding the plea bargain that was given to Carla was pretty valid. She originally claimed that she was forced into doing the crimes by her abusive husband who would beat her into compliance. However, after the videotape surfaced and showed Carla as a willing participant, the public was outraged at her being given the plea deal. Paul's opposing lawyers argued that they needed her crimes to be minimal to protect her credibility as a key witness in Paul's trial, which, because of it, it was. When analyzed by professionals using the psychopathy checklist test, Carla scored a four, a 5 out of 40, whereas Paul scored a 35 out of 40. After being evaluated again, many speculate that Carla suffered from hyperstophilia, which basically means that she is sexually aroused by a partner's violent sexual behavior. Yeah, I was thinking that when you when you talked about the sister. Like, yeah. she gets a kick out of seeing her husband, like... Be violent with somebody yeah. else. Yeah. So this has not been proven, but it is widely believed. So it is not an actual fact, but I thought it was interesting to bring to light. So we're going to talk about her release. While Paul received a lifetime in prison sentence, Carla was released in 2005 after serving her 12 years. During those 12 years, she had relocated to several prisons due to death threats. Still, she was able to obtain her bachelor's in psychology from Queen's University. What? Yeah, which caused a storm in the media. She was required to pay all her fees, but Carla later admitted that she did receive receive some financial assistance. From? From the government. Dude, okay. You let this fucking psycho out of prison after only 12 fucking years. She got her her bachelor's while in prison. Okay, well, good for her. But nonetheless, she got fucking released. Yeah. Before she was released, Carla did apply to be moved to a halfway house in 1999, and reporter Michelle Shepard from the Toronto Star was able to publish the story literally hours before the courts issued another publication ban. This led to Carla suing the government when her application to the halfway house was denied. Carla did not apply for parole during her incarceration because she was deemed a risk to reoffend because of her attraction to violent criminals, which was further proved by her sexual relationship with convicted murderer Jean Paul Gerbert, who is serving a life sentence. When released, certain restrictions were placed on Carla as a condition of her release, which was punishable by a max of two years prison time, if ever violated. At the time, Senator Michael Byron declared the terms to be totalitarian, but two weeks later, he apologize for the statement it's safe to assume the public probably ate him alive for that so here were the terms of carla's release she was to tell police her home address work address and whom she lives with she was required to notify police as soon as any of the changed. she was also required to notify police of any change to her name if she planned to be away from her home for more than 48 hours she had to give a 72 hours notice She could not contact Paul Bernardo, the families of Leslie and Kristen, or that of the woman known as Jane Doe, or any violent criminals as well. She wasn't allowed to contact any violent criminals. She was forbidden to be with people under the age of 16. She was forbidden from consuming drugs other than prescription medicine. She was required to continue therapy and counseling, and she was required to provide police with a DNA sample. Even though there's all these little fucking rules, it just goes to show how fucked up our system is. You're going to fucking tell this fucking cycle, oh, you're not allowed to talk to these victims. Like, what's stopping her? What if she doesn't give a fuck? Oh, it gets better. Oh, God. Okay. So Carla had a difficult time settling down. By the end of 2005, the restrictions placed on her were lifted by Superior Court Judge James Brutton, who (sighs) claimed there was not enough evidence to support them. Citizens of Ontario urged the Supreme Court to appeal this decision, but it did not go through. This decision occurred after her at-the-time boss revealed her address to the media and alleged that Carla had violated the terms of her release by contacting someone with a criminal record. The boss also alleged that Carla had come into contact with children. See? So after breaking the requirements, they 
lifted the restrictions because that makes sense right (laughs) either way you said that if she violated any of these it would only be a two-year sentence yeah this pisses me off yeah in 2006 carla tried to have her name legally changed but it was rejected then it was reported in 2007 that she gave birth to a baby boy and several nurses had refused to give her care before the birth it was for this reason that she would leave Canada to lead a more normal life. No, don't tell me she's here. No, she's not here. Okay. This didn't work out well for her. She ended up in Quebec, where in 2014, false rumors were started that she was in a relationship with Luca Magnota during his first degree murder trial. He denied all claims, but that didn't stop the rumors from damaging her reputation once again. In 2016, parents expressed concerns when Carla's child began attending school. Despite reassurances from the school and school board, it was not easy. Carla petitioned many times to have publication of her whereabouts banned, but the court ruled against her each time. In a quote, she claimed this. At the time, I was 17 years old. I lacked knowledge. I feared being abandoned. I was desperate for a relationship. I lacked confidence. There are numerous aspects of myself that I was unaware of at the time, but I'm now aware of. Paul, can, Paul continues to confess to more crimes while serving his life sentence. Therefore, it's conceivable that the true extent of Carla's crimes never came to light. This concerns the public, which has caused them to still publish her whereabouts. She was finally able to legally change her name and now lives in Quebec with her husband. I'm going to butcher his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Diary Bor- Bordalis mm-hmm. and their three children, which, by the way, get this, just to just to throw another plot twist out there before I end the segment. Um, her husband is her former lawyer's brother. Stop. Yeah. They got together shortly after her release in 2005. Stop. This is uh, <laughs> this serial. Canada. Canada. <laughs> Canada's really nice, but when they go evil, they go hardcore. Oh, yeah. Go big or go home. Yeah. On a much lighter note, Veronica, are you ready to get called out? Yeah, I am, actually. (laughs) All right, ghosties. This week's tarot reading, like we promised, is the tarot reading for November. Card number one represents what the challenge is for this month. Card number two is positive energies that we can embrace. Card three is negative energies that we need to negotiate. Card four is what do we need to make time for. Card five is what opportunity we should seize this month. So card number one is the six of wands. We are reaching victory and achieving recognition. We have fans and well-wishers and a crowd of supporters. We are winning battles that we've set out and we are strong and stable. Not quite sure how that's a challenge. (laughs) Well, let's see. uh, What is the challenge for this month? I think the challenge is to take advantage of that support that we have that we might not, you know, fully recognize that we have and take, you know, do something with it. It's also saying that we're reaching the success. So maybe we need to push that little bit harder to achieve what we're working towards. Yeah, so it's it's not a bad challenge. It's a very, um, let's continue to push ourselves to succeed or overcome uh, whatever it is that we're overcoming or that we need to overcome because we have the support there. So let's take advantage of that. Awesome. So card number two is positive energies that we can embrace. And this comes through the Queen of Wands reversed. It's the time to focus on our self-confidence and self-esteem. We're feeling exhausted, jealous, and burnt out. We need to bring our attention inwards and reestablish ourself. Uh, you got slapped in the face by that card. I know, I did too. <laughs> I'm not jealous. I'm happy for everyone. Uh, I'm feeling burnt out and exhausted, so... I am as well with my job. So, yeah. Because he's hanging there. We're okay. We got this. We'll get through this together. We're, we're only on card number two. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Card number three are negative energy to negotiate and this comes through the five of cups reversed we're ready to move on we need to let go of sorrow accept help and rejoin the world we need to let go of what no longer serves us stop okay (laughs) all right (laughs) i don't know about you dude but i no dude (laughs) no i know i know i know 
when I said, are you ready to get called out? I didn't want it to be literally. What the fuck, Chelsea? I just, just want it to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you. You're not funny. Because <laughs> did you did you get my joke? I said on a much lighter note because of your joke earlier about the dismembered bodies. And I just. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it's not it. funny Trust now. Me. It's not funny now. I thought we were going to have a good time. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm like, cool. Lighter note. Yeah, let's do it. Tarot reading. <laughs> okay. I think my lighter note was better than this. <laughs> I think your bodies just... were found with their <laughs> limbs cut off in a river. <laughs> I think yours was just funnier because it it ended with a fuck around and find out, and ours are just like it's just being called out. It's not fun. It's not. So card number four is what we need to make time for, and this comes through the justice card. We need to understand that a fair and just outcome will follow our actions. We have nothing to worry about if we have acted for our higher self. (laughs) If you haven't already, you will be called out and made up to own your own actions. So what do we need to make time for, ghosties? We need to make time for being called out. Yeah, we need to make time to... It's pretty much telling us that, you know, actions speak louder than words. And once we finally start acting, it's going to bring success or, you know, happiness or whatever it is that, you know, you're working on. So, yeah, I get it. Okay, get it. (laughs) So card number five, what opportunity should we seize this month? This this is the last card. Thank God. (laughs) I feel like this is the worst one, though. This comes through the Kings of Cup reversed. We are overly emotional, overwhelmed, and anxious. We need to focus our attention inside and not let our emotions control our life. So, Veronica, apparently you and I are letting our emotions control our life right now. Well, you know what? I have a lot of emotions, okay? (laughs) This is not fun. I know. What the fuck, November? (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Shit. You're just supposed to give us advice, not fucking be mean. Bully. (laughs) All right. So... Our next tarot reading is a bonus one, and we are doing this reading for our listener, Susie. Oh, thank God. Re- Better you than me, Susie. Better you than me. <laughs> the cards are not holding back today. Do for real. So, <laughs> Susie has requested a clarity reading, and this is a four-card spread. Card number one is what you need to know. Card number two is what you need to embrace. Card number three is what you need to release. And card number four is what's next. So card number one, what you need to know, comes through the card Seven of Swords. There is deception around you or someone is getting in the way of something. It's important to be resourceful and have open and honest discussions. You need to stay away from things that feel suspicious or too good to be true. But you also need to keep in mind that acting tactically can only be advantaged to so much of a a certain degree. I feel like I don't need to comment on that. That was very strange. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) all right two is what you need to embrace and this comes through the eight of cups you're walking away from situations and abandoning plans you're it's either because you're disappointed or you've reached your limit you have strength and courage to move away from situations that no longer serve you and this is a good time to embark on adventure self-discovery and searching for a deeper truth within yourself so what do you need to embrace Independency. Yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Independency. <laughs> Is that a word? <laughs> I don't think so. Independence. Independences. Independences. <laughs> Independency. Move on. Move on. Move on. This is no. We're professionals. Professionals. <laughs> professionals. Jesus Christ. All right. Card number three is what you need to release, and this comes through the devil card. You're being seduced by the material world and physical pleasures. You're probably at the effect of negative habits, behaviors, and addictions, and it represents your shadow or darker side that are at play. You need to use discretion in your personal and business matters and try to let go of fear. So what do you need to release? Whatever it is that you fear the most. Whatever scares you, just push through it. I uh, believe me, it's hard as fuck to do, and I've done it. And I support you one hundred percent. I've done it without. How do I say this? Without having a choice, you know, like mm-hmm. shit in my life had happened, and yeah. But um, it's always better to face your fear while you have the chance, 
instead of waiting until you no longer have a choice because it's even harder than my mom told me once and i'm sure i've said this before on this podcast but she was like you'll never get anywhere if you let fear get in your way i feel like that's all what all parents say but it's true yeah it's, it's totally true, definitely like, true yeah it's sounded I've, I've allowed i've allowed my anxiety to get in the way of new jobs school new friends dating oh, like you sick. know what i mean so like like let me let me tell you a story Susie so that way you understand like because Veronica I'm sure can tell you since you're near her but I was so scared to get a new job and take a risk and do what I love which what I love is writing and editing and it takes a lot to build up credibility as a writer and editor and I never let myself do that I was scared of it but this year I quit two jobs and have been freelance writing and editing and making a full-time living off of it doing what I love because I faced my fear because I took the chance and focused all of my attention on it so and I even let- then it, yeah. even though it's working out now it was it was kind of rough in the beginning it's not oh, yeah. be an easy transition i don't think anything is easy you know in fucking life yeah i don't think anything in life is easy but you know i i think if you continue to push through you're gonna learn a lot about yourself and you know chelsea's speaking from her, her work you know so there could it, for you it could be in a different like aspect or whatever but i've done it in relationships too i if that's what you're going through i get it veronica knows veronica knows <laughs> all right let's do card number four all right card number four is what's next and this comes through the hierophant reversed so what's next you need to remember that all the wisdom that you seek comes from within and you follow your own path and adopt your own spiritual belief systems rather than blindly following others wow if that's not a good what's next card i don't know. yeah on that note i think i think we're done yeah veronica anything yeah, you yeah. want to add okay no um good luck Susie. um i hope whatever it is that you're going through i hope it all works out i hope you find the strength and i hope you know that you are powerful independent woman and you got this whatever it is that you're going through all right ghosties thank you for joining us this week make sure to give us a follow on our social media if you want to take a reading from us feel free to dm us and we'll choose one lucky person a week we are your hosts i'm chelsea no i'm veronica don't dismember any bodies this weekend but still have a great one and a spooktacular <laughs> halloween we'll talk to you guys next week bye, bye. happy halloween bye